Giants fans, and welcome to episode 62 of the G-Man Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ben Beccarelli. Today, I am joined once again by Dylan Waxman. Yep, uh, this is about to be a fun 20-part half and half on each of our two podcast series. Yeah, all right, so um, I will introduce it here. So um, we are going to start to redraft um, every um, NFL and NBA draft um, from 2010 to 2019. Uh, the NFL redrafts will be on my podcast, The G-Man Journal, which you are listening to now. And then uh, the NBA will be on Dylan's podcast, The DW Podcast. Um, we will both be on each other's shows. We have, we're starting today with the 2010 redraft. Um, so, yeah, that's what's to look forward to for the next 10 episodes for me. We will be putting out one um, every other day, or every day will be one, but um, the G-Men Journal will be updated every other day, and the DW will be updated every other day. So today is going to be 2010 um, NFL. Tomorrow will be 2010 NBA on the DW, um, and then Saturday will be 2011 um, NFL, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, so that's what um, is that's what uh, the next. Um, 10 episodes of, of both um, podcasts are going to look like. Um, so, yeah, so we will get into it here. And here. But first, we need to thank our sponsor for this episode, Chris J. Becquerel. If you're a small business and you're looking for an accountant to help your tax needs, call Chris J. Becquerel, ACPA. Chris J. Becquerel, you don't forget about the little guys. Big thanks to him for uh, sponsoring this episode, as always. And we will get into it here. So this 2010 draft class was a very interesting one, to say the least. Um. I think interesting is a okay term. I think it's not so, so stacked with talent, um, but it's very, very solid. Um, there's not like a standout guy at one. I think you could argue between probably two um, for number one. We both ended up having the same. But, yeah, I think this is a fun class. Yeah. All right, so we will um, get into it, as Dill just said, um, we will start. We will start with one. We both have the same guy, and that would be Antonio Brown going going to the Rams at, at number one overall. Yeah, um, not necessarily to spoil. Actually, we will just because it's the next pick. But um, the two guys that we were down to were Antonio Brown and um, Gronk. And although Gronk might have more of a or might be a better player in terms of like ranking and best players of all time. I don't think that changes the fact that um, I don't think it's necessarily logical to take a tight end or receiver, especially that close. Um, For people who are questioning uh, who had – the Rams past year went 1-15. Their one win – or this – if we're, like, going back, that year they went 1-15. Their only win was against the Lions team that went 0-16 the previous year and has the second pick in this year's draft class. Um. And also, they were a hot mess at every position. So I think they could take anybody, and it wouldn't exactly hurt them. Uh, just to alert you guys, they're starting quarterbacks that year. At the By the end of the season, I am pretty sure it was Kyle Bowler. That yeah. may or may not say something. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, yeah, the Rams were, were really a hot mess. Um for St. Louis at the time, uh, moving to um, L.A. shortly. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, like, like you said, any, any 
pick here wouldn't have been awful for the Rams. I think they, you know, like you said, had had a ton of needs. Um, so yeah, so that's what we have at one. Um, and the guy we have at two, um, we, we both have at two, um, to, to the Lions is a guy whose birthday it is today. Um, happy birthday. Rob Gronkowski is you go to in our redraft for both of us. Yeah. Uh, just to go back to one, um, the Rams, although they probably needed a quarterback the most of every position, considering, like I said, Kyle Bowler, that does not – you'll see not a good quarterback class. We obviously saw them take Sam Bradford, and Sam Bradford maybe could have worked. Um, I just don't ever think it was going to work with the Rams organization, plus his career, at least his earlier career, was kind of plagued by injuries, so that's why we don't have them going with a quarterback here. Not to mention, their best receiver was pick yours. Um, one of Donnie Avery or Damian, Danny Amendola. So. Yeah. Um, rough. And, and as we go through here, I will also be telling you guys what was the actual pick. So, as we talked about, the St. Louis Rams um, selected Sam Bradford, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Uh, we both have them taking, um, obviously, Antonio Brown, wide receiver out of Central Michigan. Um at, at two, uh, the Lions selected uh, Ndamukong Sue, um, defensive tackle out of Nebraska. We both have them taking Rob Gronkowski, uh, tight end out of Arizona. Uh, and we will move on to three, um, where the, the actual pick um, here was Gerald McCoy, um, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, so, so the, the box made that pick. Um, and so uh, we, I presume we will both give our the picks we have here. Yeah. Um, now, like the last pick, Ndamukong Sue, unlike maybe Sam Bradford, who probably should be looked at as a bust, um, Gerald or Ndamukong Sue and Gerald McCoy are both guys that were or are currently um, pretty solid. Uh, Ndamukong Sue obviously looked like one of the most insane defensive prospects we've ever seen coming out of college. He had a Heisman level season, just defensive players do not win Heisman. Uh, Gerald McCoy was not as big of a standout prospect. I think this, this is like the first pick or this is the third of all. I mean, all three of these top picks weren't guys who even went that high anyway. Um, Are both of our guys, we have the Buccaneers selecting, uh, Gino Atkins. Yeah. Um, so I think for this one, we, you know, both kind of just switched um, out um, McCoy with, with Adkins um, as the box. You know, still go defensive tackle here. Adkins is a guy who's had, um, you know, a solid career um, overall. Um, I think, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, uh, a solid career. Um, I think, went, yeah, I think. Sorry, one second. He went um, in the fourth round, um, 120 overall um, to Cincinnati. Uh, again, in, in the fourth round, um, yeah, he, he's had a solid career. His best year was uh, probably his, his third year um, in 2012 when he racked up 12 and a half sacks um, to, to go along with, um, as, as well as, you know, uh, he had 11 sacks in 2015 but yeah so so a solid career definitely for, for Gino Adkins sorry Del I interrupted you what were you um I just, I'm just gonna point it out like we're not 
and nothing against Gerald McCoy. He is a three-time first-team All-Pro and a one-time second-team All-Pro. But Geno Atkins um, has been very, very consistent. Uh, whether you think the fact that Gerald McCoy has not been on a team in, or hasn't really played too much in a few years, that could be helpful. Uh, I, I don't think, or not three years, but a year or two. Um, and I think Gerald McCoy, in some sense, probably had a better peak. You could argue about that, but Geno Atkins is a very, very solid player, too. So yeah. let's move on to the fourth pick. Yeah, all right. So um, at the fourth pick uh, in real life, Trent Williams went with this pick to the Redskins, um, and he was, you know, on the Redskins his entire career and until this offseason. Um, that is the pick we both have. Um, yeah, I believe we both have um, the, the Redskins sticking with. So the Redskins, in some sense, nailed this pick um, as they, um, as, you know, looking back on it um, a, a bunch of years later, um, it, it's still the pick. So, yeah, I, I would say that the, that the Redskins um, did, did pretty well on this one. Uh, yeah, and you might think, like, oh, it's not a good idea to – pick him because he has attitude problems or the organization is still going to screw it up again but one you got 10 good years out of him and two we look at the guy other guys on the board who you could see as good options for example Earl Thomas and he had attitude or gone to a fight with the Seahawks as well in terms of money uh so I don't think Trent Williams is an automatic like no we're not picking him just because he seemed to have a weird fallout at the end. I still I still think he is a very, very good pick, considering he's had a very solid 10-year career. So yeah, far. for sure. Uh, seven straight Pro Bowls um, for him from 2012 to 2018. Obviously had the whole drama with the Redskins and, and the medical issues, um, I, I guess, um, with the Redskins causing him to not play uh, in 2019. And then, you know, we'll see what ends up happening um, with um, him in 2020. Um, again, assuming we have a season, but uh, yeah, so that's that's that for the fourth overall pick. Now we move on to the fifth overall pick here, uh, where the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock here. So, so they went uh, in 2010 with Eric Berry, um, safety out of Tennessee. Um, you you could argue that you would stick with this pick. I, I think you know we both considered. Um, sticking with this pick just, you know, for, for the sake of it, because he, um, you know, it, it's still a solid pick. Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, definitely he, he's had a great career, five Pro Bowls, three first-team All-Pros. Um, so, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, and Eric Berry is very a very good player. I think almost as good as Earl Thomas, but I think one, I think Earl Thomas won a slightly better We've looked at Eric Berry had um, a lot of struggle with injuries and then obviously the um, cancer diagnosis in in 2015, I think, uh, so he, causing him to miss like a year, basically. I think those lost years is probably what doesn't have him um, going five. But that being said, the, the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, kind of goes well with the top two through five here like they've all 
all were solid and all were multiple time pro bowlers. It's just there's particularly better options here. Um, so yeah, let's move on to number six. Or no, uh, no. So for for number five, I don't know. I know Dill, you mentioned his name, but I don't know that we ever really talked about it. We we both have Earl Thomas going here to to the right. Chiefs. You know, as Dill, you know, mentioned uh, multiple times, if they ain't broke, don't fix fix it. Um, Earl Thomas has had a very good career, seven Pro Bowls, three first team All Pros. Um, so, so yeah, so that's that's that. Um, yeah, Dill, you can move on to sex here. Uh, yeah, just to point it out, uh, we look at the f- four of the first five picks um, in this, or not four of the first five picks, uh, three of the first five picks in Antonio Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, Trent Williams, and. Earl Thomas, and we've seen somewhat interesting fallouts with the teams that actually drafted them. I wonder if those still happen in this made-up universe. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that's a good point. Um, so at, at six, the um, the Seahawks are on the uh, redraft clock here, and we both have them going with um, Cam Chancellor, uh, safety out of uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, and although they do not get Cam Chancellor um, at the same place they got him originally. Right. I I think this was the draft that really, or the offseason, I said this yesterday, um, that really started the Seahawks Legion of Boom, or just the whole Seahawks, not a dynasty, but Seahawks' um, consistency of the past decade. Uh, you could argue with it starting um, – it's starting when they drafted Russell, but obviously you get you maybe not the two best defensive players, but two key defensive players in ET3 and Cam Chancellor. Um, you obviously add Richard Sherman um, earlier, but I think you also see guys. I, I think you get P. Carroll, which might be the biggest thing of the Seahawks um, that they've done in the past uh, that they did in 2010s. Uh, Russell obviously was important. The Seahawks did a lot right in this draft, especially. Um, and, and Russell Okong was a Pro Bowl offensive tackle maybe once or twice. So I'm not – he's not bad. Mm-hmm. But once again, it's not the best option, even if they still ended up getting Cam right. Chancellor later in the draft. So uh, Yeah, so, so a, a solid career overall for Cam Chancellor, uh, a four-time Pro Bowler for him. Um yeah, I think we will move on to, to seven um, here where, um, again, we have the same. Or, no, sorry, we don't have the same pick. I am mistaken. Um, I have, um, this is the first difference we have um, in our redraft, uh, as you guys will see throughout this draft. It is a very similar redraft here um, for the both of us. At seven to the Browns, I have them taking Eric Berry, um, guy you know, we, we just talked about um, there. Um, you know, this Joe Hayden was the pick here. Um, so obviously defensive back was a, a need at the time. So I have them, or the the secondary for that matter. So I have them taking uh, Eric Berry with this pick. Yeah, and I think Joe Hayden, but the Browns also, you could argue, needed absolutely everything. Right. Um, in the third round, they added, um, I'm pretty sure they added their quote-unquote quarterback of the future in Colt McCoy. Um, maybe it was later in the draft. Um, this guy was also a fellow third round pick. 
Um, I think the Browns in this redraft look at receiver, not necessarily because that's their biggest need, but I think it could be a big need, especially with this weak quarterback class and Joe Hayden just not being as good as this guy. I think they take Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Um, we will, you know, move on to it here. I have him going eight um, to to the Raiders, where you know we move on to next. Um, yeah. So, so the actual pick in two thousand ten at at eight for um, for uh, the Raiders would be uh, Ronaldo McCain. Um, uh, yeah. I, I know I messed that up. I, I saw it as soon as it came out of my mouth. But I um I think that um Emmanuel Sanders definitely makes sense with this pick. You've had him going uh um seven here. Uh you can give your eight. Uh yeah. I'm not gonna deny it. Rolando McLean was a monster in college. Um yeah, he was a monster. He was a unanimous All-American. He was a two-time first-team All-SEC. Um, that college, he won a national championship at Bama. Uh, a, a, not a terrible NFL player, but it didn't really translate to NFL success. Um, I have the Raiders taking the guy you had going at seven, um, Eric Berry, but just to go back to your pick in Emmanuel Sanders, I think we see a very interesting um interesting receiver class in the sense that I don't think you could really claim um, that one was the best and you get like or uh, people wouldn't necessarily agree with you because we see top three very solid guys in Sanders, Marius Thomas and Dez Bryant, also a guy like Golden Tate who isn't on the level of those guys but pretty solid as well. Um, Let's move on to the ninth. Yeah, um, at, at nine, the uh, Bills are on the redraft clock. Um, so, with this pick, I have them going Jimmy Graham, uh, tight end out of Miami. Um, he went, um, or he, sorry, he went, um, he went in the third round, 95, um, overall. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the pick I have here. Yeah, I think Jimmy Graham, once again, is... Had had a very good start to his career, and um hasn't translated as much in recent years. Uh, that being said, I'm not calling him bad. He was a Pro Bowler, maybe even an All Pro level player, like right out the gate. Maybe the year after, I think in 2011. Uh, I I think Jimmy Graham had a very good career. I think we look at Jimmy Graham, and especially coming out of college. Maybe it was an eye catcher that he also played basketball for Miami uh, in 05. I think he, yeah, he played um, Grant, or he played basketball there the whole time. He only played football there the one year, I think. Um, I, I think Jimmy Graham is very good. I think once we saw him get traded to the Seahawks, that's really when we saw this downward spi- spiral, but Otherwise, you take those five good years on the Saints and then um, the last five decent years, and it's carved out a pretty solid NFL yeah, career. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we move on to, to 10 here, um, to the Jags. Um, and and I think we both have um, a guy um, who went uh, two overall. 
Um, and Nadam can sue with this bit. Uh, yeah, another guy, or all these guys were very good players at points in time. Um, and Dominican Sue was a guy that, had I known necessarily, I wouldn't have picked him at two. I mean, you see the, um, you, you see the, the college career, you see that this guy is a monster, which may be an understatement. Um, and then you see major attitude problems. Um, as in, when I say attitude problems, maybe more like style of play. Um, he was probably voted the um, NFL least like player at least five times, maybe just one. Um, he stepped on someone. He probably stepped on more. I, I don't like this guy at all, but he's a pretty good football yeah. player. Uh, now we can move on to 11 here, uh, where, where the Niners are on the clock. Um, and... and uh, this is another one where we vary um, in picks here. I'll go first. Um, I, I have a guy that 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 went three uh, um, to to Tampa um, in the the real draft. Uh, but for me here, he goes he goes to the Niners at eleven, and that would be Gerald McCoy. Uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think the Niners. You saw what they got out of linebackers. Um, in in their in their um in their run of dominance or whatever you even want to call it under Jim Harbaugh that very short four-ish year run three I, I'm not exactly sure uh I think you look to add to the linebacker now in the real draft they took Navarro Bowman later um not in this first round they have picks at 11 and 17 I think you add to the linebacker core here. And although Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis were a absolute scary core for a few years, I think when you add Sean Lee, um, I think that adds to that defensive core that was very short-lived but pretty good at its time. Um, also, quick note, Sean Lee and Navarro Bowman were linebackers at Penn State at the same yeah. time. Um, all right, we can move on to 12 here, um, where, where the Chargers are on the clock um, here. And, and I have um, a, a guy you had going um, just, just one pick earlier. If I'm not mistaken, we flip-flop picks here. Um, and I have, um, you know, Sean Lee going with this pick. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, that makes sense. I think... Maybe the Chargers take him if he's still on the board. I have him taking the guy you at eleven in um in Gerald McCoy. I think another pretty good guy, um, in terms of NFL career. He I think we look at these top twelve picks and those not the first tier, but maybe the first like two, three tiers, and then it doesn't go downhill, but that's kinda when it takes some mm-hmm. drop. I think thirteen on. Maybe you don't agree with that. I think it's arguable. Uh, so we'll move on to the 13th pick where I have the Eagles selecting. Um, yeah, I, I, I will get to, to GPP with my next pick. Um, I have him going 14 to, to Seattle, uh, which we will talk about in just a few moments. But 13 to the Eagles here, I have Alejandro Villanueva going, tackle out of Army. Um, we, we've seen a bunch of solid years out of him uh, with him. Uh, and, you know, kind of just a solid career overall. I, I would 
pretty much agree with you um, overall that it, it falls off a bit. Um, I think you still, I think that that, um, that after 12, I think Villanueva, JPP, Griffin, Demarius Thomas, and then, you know, and then I think it, it really falls off or, you know, not significantly, but that, that would probably be where it kind of falls off a little more for, for me. But I, I think I would agree that, that the top 12 are, are, are very solid overall. Uh, yeah, a guy who was undrafted in the um, 2010 NFL draft. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he tried out um, in the NFL originally to play tight end. Um, he ended up getting to the NFL at 20, in 2014. He signed with the Eagles. Once again, that was kind of short-lived. He gained 40 pounds. Uh, then he went to the Steelers, and he was a good offensive lineman. He's been pretty solid ever since a two-time Pro Bowl in 2017 and 18 a very good career uh so now we'll just talk about yeah um I have him going 14 to the Seahawks obviously this was um the pick at 15 to the Giants was was JPP um JPP was terrific for for the Giants for many years I maybe not terrific but what was a, a part of um, some solid defenses before the Giants really fell off um, very early in his career. Um, obviously had the, the firework incident where he blew off like two or three of his fingers. So that kind of derailed him. Uh, he, you know, he was kind of um, falling off a little bit, but that really set him back. And then he got traded to the Bucks for, I'm not exactly sure. I forget exactly what, but it, it was a, a garbage pick. Uh, he w- he was kind of done a- at that point in, in time. Yeah, I think JPP, although he wasn't ever so good, he was always good enough. He was usually, he pretty much for the majority of his Giants career, he was the best player when not injured um on defense you could argue against that but I think majority he was uh then it kind of got to him he blew off a finger and then he blew off another finger and then he got traded uh nothing really went well for him in terms of he he kind of just could not get anything right in terms of blowing (laughs) off fingers um I think a very good, or a not very, but good career and good enough to go number thirteen to the yeah. Eagles. Um, or so one more thing on, on JPP. Um, his second year with the Giants was probably his best year of, of his career. Um, he he had sixteen and a half sacks to go along with two forced fumbles. Um, so a solid year there for him. He made his first Pro Bowl that year, and then he also made his. Um, his first and, and only um, first team all pro that year and then also um, went uh, made the Pro Bowl in 2012 as well um, as he kind of had somewhat of an underwhelming season with only 16 and a half sacks. Um, the next year he would have two. After that he would have 12 and a half, then one, seven, eight and a half, 12 and a half, and eight and a half those final two years with Tampa Bay. But yeah, I just wanted to dive into that a little bit as this is a Giants podcast. But now we move on to the Giants pick at 15. Okay. Um, 
So the Giants pick, I think we have the same guy. With the Giants hitting a guy that probably was never as good as JPP, but pretty solid as well. I have the Giants selecting Everson Griffin. He ended yeah, out of um, uh, same pick here for me. I think, you know, yeah, you hit it on the head. Not as, never really as good as JPP. I was considering finding some type of way to, to make it so that the Giants could still end up with JPP, decided against it um, as I, I kind of put it together purely based on talent and, and somewhat on needs at the time. But I think that um, overall, I, I think yeah, both both JPP and Everson Griffin have had solid careers. Um, so that's the pick for both of us there, the Giants at 15. Yeah, I mean, if you value Pro Bowls, well, Everson Griffin's a four-time pro bowler, but Everson Griffin wasn't necessarily ever, like, the guy, I feel like, defensively. Like, he was always good, but never was very, very good. Um, I think – no, I think he's solid, but not yeah. amazing. Um, he currently is not on a roster along with a lot of these guys who have kind of just fell out of the NFL by now. Um, but all of these guys had pretty good careers – or some fallout. Uh, now we will move on to the 16th pick where I have the Tennessee Titans making what would be seen as maybe a steal. Maybe you have this guy going a lot higher. The Titans select Demarius Thomas. Yeah, we, I, we have the staff. same pick I, again there. Uh, I said at the top of the show that this that we both had very similar um, redrafts here. Uh, um, but I think that, um, you know, I, I, I would agree. You know, maybe you know, maybe you do see him as – as a guy over Emmanuel Sanders, he was, um, they were together, Thomas and Sanders, that is, were together on um, a Broncos um, Super Bowl-led team with Peyton Manning. Um, Demarius Thomas was, was, uh, was definitely, um, was, the, you know, the number one go-to guy for, for Manning um, in, during their Super Bowl run and, kind of the whole time that they were together. Uh, but I think if you compare peak Thomas to, to peak Sanders, I think peak Thomas wins. I think that the argument to be made for Sanders would would be consistency. I think um, if you kind of look at it, Sanders has, has had um, you know some a good amount of um, consistency throughout um, his career. I, I think that in both of our opinions, um, Sanders is better with um, in this draft. And however, we both have um, Thomas going 16. So, um, yeah, we think we will move on. Wait, yeah, just to just to look at the Titans kind of before uh, we look at like the last four years, which was Vince Young's four years. Um, he's a starting quarterback. He made the Pro Bowl 06. Uh, they went 8 and 8. 07, he, I don't, I think he might have gotten, I think he got benched for Kerry Collins. They went 10 and 6 and made the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then 08, they somehow, some way went 13 and 3. Um, I don't know how. Um, yeah, I don't think that makes too much sense that this eh, team would go 13-3. 09 is the year where they start poorly. Um, like, I think 
they started 0-6. Uh, the quarterback got benched. Vince Young came in and led them to, like, an 8-8 and record. Um, anyway, my rambling was to get to the point where they could be looking at a new quarterback, maybe not. Um, Kerry Collins ended up being their next their quarterback the next season, which is obviously not exactly what you want. Once again, maybe if this quarterback class was better than you go quarterback, but I think um, a receiving core that had Kenny Britt, a completely aging Randy Moss, Nate Washington, um, tight end in Jared Cook, I think it makes yeah, sense for sure. to add receiver. Um, now we move on to, to 17 here, um, where the um, Niners um, are on the redraft clock. They also um, were on the clock at, at 11. Um, so with, with the 17th pick, I have um, them taking Marcus Pounce, a center out of Florida. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I think another guy who is pretty good, um, you could argue that they go somewhere else with this pick, but we did have that. They had, they went, um, lineman in at in real or in the real draft with the eleventh pick, and then they um, went another way at seventeen. I think it makes sense to add to the line. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Now we will move on to eighteen, right? Uh, yeah, where where the Steelers yeah. are on the redraft clock here. Uh, I haven't been telling you guys who um, who the picks were. I think. Um, at the end, I will just go through and give you guys the entire first round, um, and we'll analyze how it compares. Um, I know I was doing that in the beginning, but um, I, I stopped, and now we're really behind. So, um, I, I anyway, um, we'll get to the point here. The Steelers at eighteen. I have them taking Devin Courtney, safety out of Rutgers. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't. I think you would argue once again that Devin McCourty is a top 10-ish talent in the draft. I had him going way later probably than he should have at, I'm not going to say. 18 probably is too late also. I think we just let him flip. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, Anyway, I think I have the Steelers taking a Yeah, Um, I have him going at 19, um, so we can just kind of analyze that now. He he um obviously went yeah. um six to Seattle um as we talked about previously um yeah I think he he's had um a solid career overall um for sure um uh, yeah so yeah. so that's my eighteen and nineteen Dill who you have the Falcons selecting at nineteen uh so at nineteen. I have the Falcons selecting Carlos Dunlap, the end out of Florida. Um, another pretty solid player. He's still kind of hanging around. Um, yeah, I, I have him yeah. going twenty. Um, as we kind of just flip flop a bunch of picks here. Um, uh, yeah, Car- Carlos Dunlap. Um, another solid guy. I have him going twenty to the Texans, as I just said there. So, yeah, I mean, again, the, these redrafts are are very similar. I mean, I I don't know, but. Maybe potentially this is, you know, kind of a rarity, and our mock drafts will, or not our mock drafts, our redrafts will start 
being I will start having some some difference to them as we move on to 11 12 and so on and so forth but anyway um we will move or you can give um your 20 here yeah um at 20 I the Texans probably a bit overdue yeah. selecting Devin McCourty safety ish yeah um, out of rough this, you know so that's uh three straight picks where we have the same guys going just in, in different orders there um so yeah that that's a guy who's um had a lot of success in um in New England alongside his twin brother Jason uh, um I I think that um for sure like you said he he could go much earlier and quite frankly he probably should have in, in retrospect if I were to do this on the spot I'd probably have him going earlier I'm going to be completely honest it might have been one of those things where I didn't realize until later on but I'm honestly not sure why why he, he we had him going um later he went in the first round um at, at 27 um but I think that um, you know, he's, he's a great talent. Um, and we just have, you know, a bunch of, um, picks flip flop there. Um, yeah. So at 22, I have a guy who, um, pro- or 21, probably a questionable career by most people, um, arrested. Uh, he's currently boxing, maybe not a top 22 talent, but at his peak, he was pretty good for like a few years on, the Panthers, I have the, um, yeah, the Bengals, Bengals, right? Is that 21? Yeah, the Bengals. Yeah, I, I have him Greg going Hardy. 22, actually. Um, I have a guy that you have going 22 at 21, and that would be Des Bryant, uh, wide receiver. Uh, in at, at his peak, he's in the conversation with, with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, but it, quite frankly, that peak didn't last for very long as – I'm sure most Giants fans remember as he played for, for Dallas the majority of his career. He's another guy who ha- had some off-the-field issues. and I, I, I would like to say that that halted his play or halted his production, but I, I'm not, you know, quite frankly, not um, completely sure, you know, exactly what happened to Des Bryant and why he fell off so fast, so quick. Um, but I think he, he was... Um, arguably a top receiver in the league, you know, again, as peak. But once again, that peak didn't last very long, so that's the reason he falls. Um, here's a, to 21 for me, 22 for you, Dill. Um, I think he sustains that peak. He's definitely in that conversation for the top five, in, in my opinion. But, yeah, those are um, our 21 and 22 picks. As I think I already said I have Greg Hardy um, going at 22. Yeah, now the Broncos I have selecting Dez, which is one of two interesting picks they have. Um, they're also on the board at 25. Now we'll move on to the 23rd pick where I'd be Packers going safety. Selecting yeah, I have him going just a few picks later, which we will get to in a sec. But I have the Packers with this pick taking Limbaugh Joseph. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh I'm pretty sure I have him going in the first round. Yes, I do. Um, I think that makes sense for the Packers. I, I think you could see either way. They probably still end up add, adding to the defense because that offense was right. pretty good at the time. Yeah, so, um, so now we yeah. uh, move on here to 
uh, 24, where I believe we have the same guy going in that, and that would be Navarro Bowman, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think as we continue to see way too much similarity in our drafts, um, Navarro Bowman, like I said probably earlier when we were discussing the 49ers, was an absolute monster least, yeah. at his peak. Um, and then it kind of went south. Um, he retired not long ago. Uh, maybe not that long ago. It was probably like 2017. He had an eight-year career with the Niners, which, to be honest, really isn't that bad. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, a four-team, a four-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, and like I already pointed out, that Patrick Willis, um, Navarro Bowman, cornerback, or sorry, linebacker, right. was scary. Um, injuries definitely killed this guy. Um, well, not like actually killed, but killed his career. Um, in he tore his ACL and MCL. Um, in twenty thirteen, he was an absolute disaster. Um, also, we saw a rule named after him when he uh, like stripped the ball out of Jermaine Curse's hands, and it. Looked like they had possession. It was a weird play. Uh, a pretty successful yeah. career, though. Um, now we move on here to, to 25, where the Broncos are on the redraft clock. And I have them taking... Um, uh, yeah, I have them taking... Sorry. Um, I have them taking TJ Ward, uh, safety out of Oregon. Um, you had him going 23 to the Packers. Um, I think that both both um, positions make sense um, for TJ Um so that's that. Who's your 25? Um, yeah. And we look at the t- 2009 season for the Broncos, and they were 8-8 eight and eight after a 6-0 um, and o start. Their quarterback was Kyle Orton. I guess he fell apart. I think you looked at a QB, and we get to the point where it's 25. And although he's definitely not a top 25 talent in the draft, maybe the Josh McDaniels duo with him – they could have made it work. Who knows? Um, yeah, so I have the Broncos selecting Sam Bradford. You never know the situation on a different team. The trainers. Could this guy have stayed healthy and had a very successful NFL career? I mean, he's still hanging around. as a pretty solid backup around now. Um, who knows? He probably could have still stuck around and maybe even been a starting quarterback. Um, so I don't know if we stuck to this, but we said yesterday that we are going to um, – throw out some what-if scenarios uh, yeah. see with their draft. Are we going to do that? Yeah, one of revolves, I know, around the Broncos for mine. Yeah, so, uh, yeah let's do it. Uh, let's, um, keep, let's keep going. Yeah, Who do you, Ed, you have? Uh, so, the, I gave my 25. We can move on to 20. Uh, yeah, so, at 25, you know, I meant the, the same guy in Sam Bradford. And I kind of want to um, talk a, a little bit about that what-if scenario here. And I think the one that kind of, the the main one that kind kind of comes out here at, at, at for the Broncos here is is do they take Sam Bradford then then a does he stay healthy but probably more importantly b do they then pursue Peyton Manning in free agency I think not I think that I mean unless Sam Bradford's injury history continues and maybe it really is just him and it's not. You know, like you said, the the coaches and the trainers and so many variables like that. 
Um, I think, yeah, potentially then, you know, that looks a lot different with the Broncos Super Bowl run. Maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe we're, maybe Peyton's, you know, a little bit deeper down on the, in some people's opinions, um, in, you know, the all time quarterback discussion, because maybe he only wins one Super Bowl that, you know, kind of that, that one pick really generates, um, a lot of, um, what if scenarios. Um, and I think the most important, I think that that really affects Peyton Manning. It potentially, um, really affects his legacy, but then also where does Manning go at that point? So I think what it came down, well, one, I think Sam Bradford is the guy, maybe not long-term, but at least by the summer of, or the spring, I guess, of 2012, he still is. I mean, I'm not saying he does it again, but he won Rookie of the Year in his, um, in his first year. We just have to see him get through one year. Um, not that that exactly happened um, because he got hurt by a high ankle sprain, but he still continued to be the starting quarterback the next year. Um, I think Sam Bradford isn't bad even now, and he definitely wasn't at the time. I think they stick with Sam Bradford, the Broncos, and I think Peyton Manning goes to the Titans. Now, I think it all comes full circle. One, because the Titans were the second team um, or, like, the second place, basically, in the race to get um, Peyton Manning. Uh, and I think that will still happen. And I think he, they will be number one. Plus, they have Demarius Thomas, who was arguably Peyton's best receiver in his tenure in the, on the Broncos. So, yeah, let's move on to my 26th pick. Um, right. Yeah, um, obviously a guy I had going uh, 23. Um, we will move on here to 27, where the Patriots are on the redraft clock. I have them taking Rashad Jones, safety out of Georgia. Yeah, I have them taking Joe Hayden. Um, once again, Joe Hayden, or maybe not once again, but like a bunch of other guys in this draft, when healthy, Joe Hayden was very good. Um, three-time Pro Bowler, uh, one was last year, but two-time in his Browns um, career. I think he was good. He was hurt a decent amount. He wasn't great, though. I think he would be a very solid fit, though, on the Patriots, who ended up taking Devin McCourty in this draft and kind of turned him into Mm -hmm. not a star, but a very good player. So I think they could continue to do the same with Joe Hayden. Yeah. So now Uh, let's move on to the 28th. At 28, the, the Dolphins are on the redraft clock. And I've been taking Brandon Graham, uh, Deanne, out of Michigan. Yeah, um, me too. Um, of all 32 guys selected in our first rounds, um, cough, cough, only cough. one was not a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. Or only two, I mean. Only two. Um, in Bradford and now Brandon Graham. Um, yeah, let's move on. And he was good, though. He was a... Second team All Pro in 2016, but Pro Bowl or All Pros clearly have nothing to do with Pro Bowls. Um, yeah, let's move on to the 29th pick where I have the Jets selecting a guy. Yeah, seven. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm Rashad mistaken, Jones. You had the guy I have going here, Joe Hayden, um, to the Jets. So we we flip flop um picks there and secondary picks and in the AFC East um there. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, so we could just wrap up these last three and then talk what if scenarios maybe. Um, if we think of any other ones, with the 30th pick, I view Lions. Um, yeah, so I have him going 31 to the Colts. At, at, at 30 to the Lions, I have Golden Tate, receiver out of Notre Dame going. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now with the uh, with the thirty first pick, I have um, a name that I'm not necessarily going to try to say. Um, you know the guy; he's a corner, um, Werner. I think it's like Alteron Werner, something like that. He was once again a quick peak, but he's pretty good at his peak. I was kind of running out of guys. Um, yeah. So, who uh, do you yeah, have at 32? Oh, yeah, Sam Shields. Um, another cornerback. Um, um, I think that um, the guy you just talked about um, is the one guy that um, I don't have in my redraft that you do. And here with the 32nd pick, um, I have the one guy going um, in my redraft that you don't, and that would be Kareem, Jack- Kareem Jackson. Sorry. Um, but I, I think um, it uh, makes sense as we flip-flop um, cornerbacks that we have and don't have going for um, either one there. Um, at 32, uh, I know who you have, Dill, but tell everyone who you have, Dill. Uh, yeah, I have Golden Tate get, being selected. Obviously, the current Giants receiver, uh, most likely he never gets to New York. If he gets drafted by the Saints, you never know, though. Um. That probably turns into a pretty good receiving core with Marquise Colston, and you never know. Maybe they still get Michael Thomas, um, which could be fun. I doubt he ends up staying on the Saints long term, but maybe for a few years yeah. that could be a fun offense with Drew Brees, obviously. Um, but, yeah, that yeah. wraps up our um, NFL redraft. Well, or one, one thing, NFL redraft. I, I want to go play. through and, and give you guys every pick. Um, here we're just going to fly through. Um, number one, Rams selected Sam Bradford. Two, Nadam Kinsu. Three, Gerald McCoy. Four, Trent Williams. Five, Eric Berry. Six, Russell Okong. Um, seven, Joe Hayden. Um, eight, Roddy Mc- Rod. Oh, sorry, Ronaldo McLean. Um, nine, C.J. Spiller. Um, ten, Jacksonville selected Tyson. Not going to try to pronounce that name. A, um, defensive tackle. What'd you say? Alala. Yeah, Alala. Uh, we are not good with Alala. names on this podcast. If you listen to this consistently, you know that we struggle with names consistently. Um, at 11, Anthony Davis. 12, Ryan Matthews. 13, Brandon Graham to Philadelphia. 14, Earl Thomas to Seattle. J- at 15, JPP to the Giants, as we talked about um, a good amount previously. Um, 16, Derek Morin. Uh, 17, Mike. Upati, um, uh, eighteen Marcus Pouncey, nineteen Sean Weatherspoon, um, twenty Kareem Jackson, twenty one Jermaine, uh, um, Chris James, uh, twenty two Jamarius Thomas, twenty three Ryan Bulago, uh, twenty four Des Bryant, twenty five the somewhat infamous Tim Tebow, who now is in the minor leagues for the Mets. Um, 26, Dan Williams, 27, Devin McCourty, um, 28, Jared Ulrich, um, 29, Kyle Wilson, uh, 30, Javid Best, um, 31, Jerry Hughes, and 32, Patrick Robertson.
Um, just to throw it out there, uh, I think what, for what if scenarios, I got a few, um, or not even what if scenarios, but just like questions to answer uh, after a redraft. Yeah, um, cool. You want to start with those? Um, we have limited time left, but yeah, you can, you can go through this. Uh, what team do you think is the most benefited, or what do you th- what team do you think changes the most after um, this um, redraft? I think probably the Rams because now well now I wonder what is a their quarterback situation, b how does the AB saga turn out? Um, I think the Pats are also big time impacted by this. Um, because what happens with no Gronk Brady connection, as well as what happens if they get Rashad Jones rather than um rather than Devin McCourty? Um, so those two teams, the the Rams and the Pats, I think are probably the most affected. Um, for me, I have three-ish teams. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, the it. most affected teams got to be the Broncos. Um, I think that one they never, probably never end up getting their two biggest receivers of the decade in Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, taking Sam Bradford's obviously risky. I think if Sam Bradford really flames out quickly, there's still a chance you end up making a run at Peyton Manning and possibly even getting him. Uh, I think obviously, or you have Sam Bradford, who could end up being your quarterback of the future. You also did add, maybe to relieve the loss of Demarius Thomas out of this draft, um, Des Bryant for me, and then obviously the Rams, because they don't get their quarterback of the future. They grab Antonio Brown, who obviously ended up being awesome for a while, and then drama happened. Uh, And maybe the Rams are so bad, because Bradford basically carried them to a good rook, to a decent 7-9 season in this rookie year. Maybe they're so bad again that they end up snagging um, a Cam Newton in the next draft or even wait longer right. to grab a Andrew Luck or RG3 um, in the draft after that. Uh, so I think this probably works out well for the Rams, no matter how Sam Bradford even ends up doing in this hypothetical match or hypothetical um, world with the Broncos. And then the last team, I've got to give it to the Seahawks. Um now, although the Seahawks didn't lose so much, they still got Cam Chancellor and um, Alejandro Villanueva. They did lose Earl Thomas, and I think Chancellor and ET3 right. were the first two building blocks, really, on that defense. They um Richard Sherman the next year, and then it just kept getting better and better uh, to the point where they won a Super Bowl and then lost one um, probably solely because of Pete Carroll's play calling uh, the year after that. I think yep, those sure. are the three teams that are impacted the most by that. Uh, now, obviously, there was the Peyton Manning what-if scenario, but um, is I, I think you could argue about this one. Is Antonio Brown ever yeah, getting Yeah, I think that's obviously tough to decide. A lot of variables go into that. Um you know, team play um, as he was upset kind of with um, and will A, the coaching staff and B, um, the, the level of, of play and production out of the Steelers. Um, yeah, and, and Roethlisberger and that, as a whole, but I, I don't know that it was necessarily Roethlisberger as a person more so as Roethlisberger's play, which all really comes back to 
the play of the team, um, as I previously mentioned. But yeah, I, I think um, yeah, that that's definitely a big one um, for sure um, it, it, with the AB saga. But I, I'm not. I don't know that there's a definitive answer, yes or no, whether it, it, that drama still plays out. Um, one of the last ones, just because it's a Giants podcast. Um, do the Giants ever win? Um. It, Super Bowl 46 um, without JPP. I mean, I think that, mm, I don't know. I, I think in any scenario that you replay the 2011 Super Bowl, I, I'm not 100% sure they win it, no matter how you replay it. I think they, they were, they got very, very lucky um, throughout that playoffs. They were, weren't, you know, they, they were a playoff level team, but they definitely weren't you know, the best team in the league, at, at least in my opinion. Um, so I, I think it, that's that's a tough question. I think, do they not win it directly because of JPP? Potentially, but more so they were they got very lucky, and I think in any scenario, it, they, they don't end up winning it. Um, and then the last one, just a fun one, I think, to end it off. Do... The Patriots and or Tom Brady, does he end up with um, any rings this decade or does he still get three with the loss of Gronk and um, the addition, obviously, of a guy like Joe Hayden, also the loss of Devin McCourty? Do, does he end up with any this decade um, or three this I decade? I think something in between. Something I think between. maybe he wins one or two. Um, I, I don't think he wins as many as he did. Um, yeah, what do you think? I think he grabs one or two as well. I don't think he wins the 2014 Super Bowl because or 2014-15 because slight differences in play of that game, which would have happened because of Gronk, could have caused um, could have caused P. Carroll to pass uh, to run the ball, uh, which is one plus Gronk was comeback player of the year that season because he was an absolute monster. And then we look at 2016 and 2018. Uh, 2016 was Tom Brady being absolutely clutch in the um, in the Super Bowl, and the defense wasn't exactly um, important, so I think they still end up winning that one. And then I think 2018 is a close one because that Super Bowl was so poorly played. I think, obviously, if we're putting everything together, they ended up playing the Rams, who obviously are reshaped by right. them having a different number one selection. I don't necessarily yeah. think um, All right, they win so, that uh, one. That so I think they end up getting up. one. Um, for this, um, the, the first edition of the NFL Redraft, be sure to tune into the DW podcast tomorrow as we will be putting up the, N- the 2010 NBA Redraft. Be sure to tune in throughout um, as we go on um, a, um, a lot of uh, redrafting over the course of the next two and a half-ish weeks. Um, so, yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in. Um, again, be sure to check out the DW podcast throughout, um, and be sure to check back on this page um, with the, the G-Man Journal, the NFL redrafts. Thanks, you guys, for listening again, and I will talk to you guys Saturday, um, and I will talk to you, Dylan, tomorrow on the DW podcast. Thanks again for listening. Hope you all are safe and healthy, and um, hope you guys enjoyed listening. Talk to you guys next time.